thank you for being understanding and patient, but I do feel like it's appropriate to stand in honor to the reading of the word of the Lord. And um, my heart is certainly in this service today. I thoroughly enjoyed my time with Next and the adult class in here this morning. And I'm uh, looking forward to next Sunday as well. I would appreciate it if you would spread the word, invite your friends, and to just come hear the word of God. Thank the Lord. It would be awesome to be have all the sections uh, packed out. The center two sections was really full this morning during Sunday school, and I appreciate it so very much. But I want to cast a broad net here this morning. Uh, there may be some here today that it's been a while since you've really had what I like to call a God connect, where you really felt like you plugged into the presence of the Lord. I think there are some folks here today, I believe there are some folks here today that would really be blessed by a fresh infilling of the Holy Ghost. There's people here today that would be blessed by God touching your body and healing your body today. Discernment is important. It's necessary to discern the presence of the Lord. So in a similar vein as I did this morning, I want to call your attention to John chapter 5, verse 2. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting, waiting, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, Jesus asked him a very relevant, substantial question. He's going to ask some of you that question here today via the preaching of the Word of God. Would you be made whole? That means you might have to give up government-provided stuff, free prescriptions, free doctor care. You may have to give up sympathy and empathy from your peer group. Your sickness may not elevate you or magnify you to some place of recognition. Hello. If Jesus would heal you today, would you receive it? The impotent man answered, Sir, I don't have anybody that will help me. I don't have one soul that when the water's trouble will get me down to that water first. I just don't have any. This has been going on. I have not been able to recruit anybody to help me, pray for me, assist me, do anything for me for 38 years. I want to preach to you for a little while this morning, just real simple. When timing is everything. When timing is everything. Everybody say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's say it like this. Thank you, Jesus. thank you, Jesus. God bless you. You may be seated. 
Do you remember the principle behind the saying from a commercial a number of years ago that this was a Kodak moment? Back in the days when you actually carried a camera separate from your phone? And when that amazing event happened, that amazing event happened. I remember seeing over and over again the assassination of John F. Kennedy, one of the most tumultuous times in our country. I believe it was actually a, a, a young teenage kid that just so happened to be holding the old family 8mm camera. That's the only footage they have of that actual occurrence. It was a true Kodak moment. Have you ever had a golden opportunity for something really amazing to happen in your life and missed it? When you were dating and you haven't kissed your girlfriend yet, gentlemen, and you had the opportunity that night to just pucker up your lips, and just kiss her just flat straight out on the mouth. And you missed it. And all the way home, you just beat your steering wheel. I can't believe I did it. Oh, oh, my goodness. And you get mad at the people ahead of you for pulling out in front of you. They didn't have anything to do with it. They wasn't even there. That wasn't a good illustration, was it? But I have arrested your attention, hadn't I? It worked. But have you ever seriously had a golden opportunity for something really amazing to happen in your life, and you missed it. According to a third century rabbi, Moses in the Old Testament law of Moses gave 365 prohibitions, things that you can't do, and 248 positive commands. David reduced them to 11 things you can and can't do in Psalm 15. Isaiah made them six in Isaiah 33, 14, and 15. Micah binds them into three commands in his book, but Habakkuk reduces them all to one amazing great statement when he said, The just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. The New Testament has much to say about faith. From it we find that faith manifests itself in different ways. There are at least four different levels of faith revealed in the New Testament. First of all, there is the measure of faith. Jesus said, every man has been given a measure of faith. There's not a person here today that does not have faith. Jesus gave you faith the moment you were born. This is a basic and first faith inherent in man. It is a faith in a higher power. It's believing in a higher power. Although there are some who profess to be atheists, they usually arrive at that misconception from a failure to understand sin and its effects on humanity and to comprehend uh, comprehend the holy God 
whose righteousness will ultimately demand justice. The writer of Hebrews mentions this kind of faith in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. He said, but it is without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. If you're going to come to God, you have to believe there is one. So this measure of faith at the moment of your birth given to you by God empowers you, enables you, even before you read the Bible, even before you've heard anything about God or you've heard a sermon or a Bible study nestled in your heart, in the heart of Abigail this morning, is a measure of faith. That when she grows to an age of accountability, she will automatically, through nature, default to the fact that there is a God. And if she will ever approach Him, that faith will need to be intact. This kind of faith is an important and necessary element, but it's just the beginning. Many people believe that God is. There's a lot of people who believe in God. Unfortunately, they often fail to understand who God is. And they even on occasion fail to act on that belief. This brings us to the second type of faith that's mentioned in the Bible. This is faith that believes that God is concerned about us. He cares about us. And that He will respond to our seeking Him, our praying to Him. In Hebrews eleven six, to finish that verse, the Bible said that if you're going to approach God, you've got to have faith, you've got to believe that He is. And that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. This faith begins to move beyond a consciousness of God to an experience or relationship with God. This is faith that will bring us into a relationship with God that will ultimately lead you into salvation. But salvation is not the final resting place of faith either. Indeed, it is only the beginning, which brings me to the third kind of faith that is found in the Scripture, and that is the gift of faith. It is a special divine enablement from God who grants it in response to a particular need calling for extraordinary faith to do mighty deeds and or stand faithfully in unusually trying circumstances. It is a supernatural endowment by the Spirit of God to accept the utterly impossible. There's people here today that have lived your life on that foundation of faith because when life has thrown things at you and has presented things to you that would cause someone else to default to drugs or to alcohol or to some violent episode in sin. Instead, you found a prayer room. You found the Word of God and you fell on your face and God came through and you're still here today because of it. It enables the recipient to discern 
with extraordinary confidence the will and purpose of God, usually concerning the immediate future. The heart is suddenly emptied of doubt. This faith sees the impossible as not only possible, but becoming a reality. There's people here today that had loved ones in the hospital that the doctor said, you're not taking them home, will you? They're going from here to the funeral home. But they're here today with you. It's that kind of faith that I'm talking about. Finally, there's the faith for the miraculous. This faith may entail each or all of the others at different times. After all, what greater miracle is there than that of salvation? But it goes beyond them to believing God for the seemingly impossible. It's faith for the miraculous. When you look at a circumstance and it is undeniable, this is impossible to work for my good or for my advantage. It is impossible for my marriage to get better. It's impossible for my job to get better. It's impossible that my kids will get better. It's impossible that these things I desire for will ever get better. This is where the faith for the miraculous, steps in onto the scene. And so how does this faith operate? We have all heard of those who seem to have great faith. And we have all struggled at times with what we perceive as our lack of faith. I trust that by the time we're finished here today that we will all leave with our faith bolstered. But more importantly, I pray that someone will respond here today in faith to the working of the Spirit that you will discern this moment, that you will discern this hour, that when it comes to what you need from God, that God is not a respecter of person and what He's done for someone else. He has the power and the ability to do it for you as well. Timing is everything. Jesus came to Jerusalem in our scripture setting to the pool of Bethesda. And there he found many people who were sick waiting for an angel to come to the pool and trouble the water, the Bible said. The first person, as I've mentioned, who entered the pool after the troubling of the water was healed of whatever was, was wrong with them. So again, in John chapter 5, there was a certain man, the Bible said, had been suffering an infirmity for 38 years. Jesus discerned his situation. This is where timing is everything. Your attitude, your perspective, your bent. Listen to pastor here this morning. You have to dismiss the mundane circumstance. You have to dismiss the idea, well, I've been here before. You have to dismiss the thoughts that says, I've tried this and it didn't work. I'll be honest with you this morning. After 38 years... I don't know why the man bothered to go back to the pool. Furthermore, I don't understand why that the people who brought him to the pool of Bethesda couldn't get him into the water. I want to say to Grace Church, we have to be willing to do more than to just get them here. We've got to get them here to here. 
there's more to the process than them just walking in the door and we let the Holy Ghost take over. Somebody brought that man for 38 years but never bothered to make an effort to get him into the water. And then he asked the question. I'm going to ask you again today. Timing is everything. And if you want something from the Lord, it's not just your faith that has a whole lot to do with it. It's your attitude. And sitting around moaning and groaning and hoping that one day somebody's going to pick me up and drop me in the middle of that pool. You can sit there all day long and do that, but after a while you have to start screaming or something. Folks, y'all, you, you have to hear the weight of this question. Will you be made whole? Do you want to be well? Now, there's folks here today that have to think about that question before you answer it. It's sad, but it's true. And you're thinking about it right now. That if I walked up there, if I brought a family member up there right now, and the ministry laid their hands on this person, and they were healed immediately, what would I give up as a result of that miracle? I'm not trying to be harsh. I'm not trying to be ill-mannered or ugly. But would you give up something free from the government to be healed? Well, there was no response to that question, so maybe that was answered. I would prefer to have all of the benefit that I get from my sickness. I'd also prefer, Pastor, not to be healed because if I was healed over the past 38 years, I wouldn't see my good friends and family every day. They wouldn't be transporting me up here and I'd have this quality time of friendship. I'd give all that up and I'd have to go to work like they do. I'm hitting on something here this morning. If God healed my broken spirit, then it wouldn't be necessary for someone to walk up to me every church service and feel sorry for me. I wouldn't get sympathy cards anymore. I wouldn't get flowers from the church anymore. I wouldn't need to be bolstered and encouraged anymore. If God healed me of my bitterness, what would I have to complain about? If God healed me of my bad attitude against a family member or somebody somewhere else across town, who am I going to gossip about? You don't understand the question. I'm not sure you're getting it now. Would you be made whole if God was willing to show up here today and heal you of whatever it is that's troubling you? Would you give up all the other stuff? You need to answer that question. You need to answer it. You wonder why God's not moving in your life? You know what we do? We pray and pray and pray. Oh, God, help me, help me, help me. But the help we want is not the help he wants to give. The help we want is God just come feel sorry for me. Come tell me I'm right in feeling the way I feel. That's the kind of help we want. Was that Sister Dean that said that? Say, she still backs me up, man. Would you say that again? She forgot what she said. Memory left her. She said, you ain't going to get it. 
when you come talk to God expecting that kind of help. And that's why your prayers aren't answered. Is you're praying for the wrong kind of help. Oh, God, help us today. Pastor, did you have to go to camp meeting last week? Was that necessary? I'm talking to you about discernment. I talked to the, the, the two classes this morning about discernment. There's people here today. If you would discern the moment you're in right now, you've been in this kind of environment over and over and over, and you walk out of here with the same needs and the same problems you came in with. Because when the angel troubled the water on that side of the church, you were on that side. And when you, God, moved mightily and -and so-and-so got blessed up here and they got healed and and God ministered to them, you just so happened in the back of that building and you walk out here the same day and say, well, there was nobody that came to help me and nobody reached out to me and nobody encouraged me and nobody, God, helped me. And God, I want you to understand how I feel. God does understand how you feel. And He's come today to ask you a question. I can't get off this point. I got more to preach in 11 minutes to do it. But I'm here to challenge somebody. I said it earlier. If God showed up this morning to fill you up again with the Holy Ghost, would you receive it? If God showed up this morning to work out something in your life and to give you a better job or to give you a pay increase, would you take it? Now, granted, you're going to have to quit complaining. You'll have to quit griping. You'll have to find something else to blame all your failure on. But God is here right now. God is here. Oh, my. I keep thinking of that church planner. Uh, there was a camp that was healed this week. If you were there, stand up. If you saw that or was there in the building, stand up. All right. I'm not through. Stand up. I didn't say stand up. I said, down, stand up. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. Anybody see it on live stream? Stand up. Okay, all you people saw what I'm talking. I'm not making it up. You saw it either because you were there or you saw it on live stream. Thank you. You may be seated. What if that woman, I wish I knew their names. I, I, I don't mean to refer to say that woman in any disrespect. That lady. What if, what if, she said, told her husband, I might would have been inclined to do it. Honey, I just had a stroke three weeks ago, and you want me to go to camp meeting? In all due respect, these ladies that have babies, they don't show up at church for about four weeks. I'm being respectful. I'm not being ugly. This lady had a stroke. She could hardly walk. She was on a walker like this. If it had been me, Sister Murphy's over there, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if it had been me, Melanie just had surgery a few weeks ago. She's been back at church. If it had been me, 
Man, I'd have rode that wave as long as I could. Man, I'm at home piled up in the bed. I really could have gone, but I didn't because everybody understands. I just had surgery. I really could have gone, but I didn't. I really could have been there, but I wasn't. And so here she goes. I can't imagine how long it took her to get from her car to her pew. It was some effort, man. And she had people helping her, like this man. But Jesus showed up that night and asked her a question, Sister Claudia. He asked her a question. Would you want me to heal you completely? Now, granted, you can't use this as an excuse to lay out of church anymore. If I heal you tonight, you got to go back to work. If I heal you tonight, you're going to have to start ministering to other people and start everybody ministering to you. Or will you be made whole? If I heal you, would you accept the miracle knowing what you're going to have to give up to get it? God gave that lady her life back, man. He gave... That, that preacher's wife back to that church they're starting. When that woman got up and they, Brother Anthony said she went to the doctor and they confirmed, he confirmed, you can drive, you can do whatever, you're healed. There ain't a thing wrong with you. All I could do was stand there and cry. I didn't shout and hoop and holler. All I could do was cry. God, how kind you can be to people who need you. Well, we would sit back and say, Jesus, <laughs> you know, in all due respect, if you kind of lost your mind, of course he wants to be healed. You'd be amazed at the people who don't want to be healed. You'll be amazed at people who don't want the Holy Ghost because they know what they're going to have to give up. You'd be amazed at backsliders that won't come back to God because they have to get over their bitterness. You'd be amazed at people who won't reconnect with God like God wants them to, like their potential says, because of what happened to them as a child. You may not say it out loud, buddy, but there's a little mechanism that goes off in your brain that says, when God shows up and says, I can make you completely, totally whole as a human. I can heal your mind, your spirit, your body, your emotional structure, the whole nine yards. I can heal it all. Do you want me to do that? If you do, I will. But if you don't, I won't. You could sit here for another 38 years and moan and groan about nobody willing to help you. But Jesus is here today. If you want it. The man believed that God could do it, but he had his timing mixed up. He didn't realize that Jesus is saying, with me here, you don't have to have anybody help you get to the water. I can save you that trip. Y'all not hearing me today. This is it's not, you know, you, you have to understand Jesus was here. Essentially telling the man, you don't even have to get off your bed. You can stay right where you are. You don't have to budge. You don't have to move one single inch. You don't have to raise your hands. You don't have to say, I love you, Jesus. You don't have to run around the building three times. If you'll just answer my question the way I want you to answer it, if you give me the answer I'm looking for, it's done, man. 
Just like that. It's like it was for that lady at the campground the other night. Just like that. But you got to give him the answer he's looking for. Are you willing to do that? So his timing had to be right. So this is Sunday, and I don't have as much time as I'd like to have to develop this thought, but let me offer you a definition of faith. When the Spirit of the Lord is moving, that's when you respond. It's discernment. That's why I'm teaching this series. I want you to be able to discern God moving and, 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 and the atmosphere, and you can, you can connect with God when that happens, no matter what you're here for, no matter what you brought in with you. You can have it. God can minister to you. So let's cut right to the chase. When the waters are troubled is the time to respond. That's when the Spirit's moving and the miraculous occurs. Well, this man thought he had to do X, Y, Z to get a miracle, and you don't. When Jesus shows up, he, he, he just puts away all those rules and regulations. You don't have to go to the water anymore. You don't have to come up here. You don't have to dance and jig and walk on your hands and do a headstand. And you don't have to do all that stuff. That people have a, Preachers have a propensity to preach. The man walked up to Jesus, will you be made whole? Yes, boom. He didn't give him the offering. He didn't make any future commitments. He didn't say he was going to start attending Grace Church. God, if you'll heal me, I'll serve you for the rest of my life if you heal me. God, I'll be whatever you want me to be if you heal me. It's just, Jesus is just well wanting to know if you're willing to give up all the junk. Faith is an active and immediate response to the moving of the Spirit. More specifically, it is the active and immediate response to the spoken or preached Word of God. It's when the waters are troubled. It's when the Word of God's going forth. The man was healed when Jesus spoke. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, I wish I was doing a better job up here. but May I submit to you today that the hesitancy to respond is the reason some of you have failed to ever receive from God what you're looking for. It can be pride. It can be bitterness. It can be any number of things. God, hey, you know what I would look like if I walked up there? I remember there was a lady that came to our church in Baker. She didn't want the Holy Ghost because she was afraid what God would do to her when she got it. She said out of her own mouth, some of you remember it. She said, I want to go to the front and just raise my hands and speak in tongues, and that's it. Do you all think for one second that God accommodated her on that one? You know what he did? This is the impression I got. She came up to the front and stood like right over here. And she raised her hands just like God hit her in the forehead with a sledgehammer. She went straight over backwards, and she wallowed on the floor and carried on, talked in tongues for I don't know how long, got up feeling like a champ. God's not going to accommodate your wishes always along that line. And you know that. There's folks sitting here this morning when the praise team was singing today. They were singing today. There were folks here this morning that said, Man, I'd just like to get out in that aisle. Sister Dean, I'm picking on you today, but I'm very serious right now. I'll never forget that Sunday morning. I'll never forget it. It's burned into my mind. She's sitting about where she's sitting now. The Spirit of the Lord was moving, and we encouraged people to rejoice and get excited about Jesus. I'll never forget it. She stood there between them chairs. It took her a little while, but she went all the way around. She gave it all she had. It did something to me. It did something to me. 
And there are some folks here today that your heart is screaming to be made whole and to be made well. God, I want you to work on my mind. I want you to fix my burnout. I want you to fix my discouragement. God, I want you to help me through this tough time. But there's a little mechanism that goes off on the inside of your head and says, but if you do, if you walk up there, this is going to happen. That's going to happen. You'll do this and you'll do that. You'll look foolish and you'll look stupid and you may cry. And if you're a man, men don't cry. And and, and if I come up there, they're going to expect certain things to me. And you make all these excuses. And Jesus says, well, okay then. I don't guess you want to be whole today. I'll move on to something else. The Bible doesn't say. But I wonder when he arrived at the pool of Bethesda, how many people he asked that question. Hesitancy in responding oftentimes is a reason because of empower, the power of the Holy Ghost will confront you. He does. Do you want to be made whole right now? I'm, I'm out of time. The Bible says that faith, faith, this kind of faith, This miraculous faith comes by hearing. That's why timing in a church service is everything. It comes when you're hearing the Word of God preached. The the faith comes by hearing. And hearing the Word of God, miracle-working faith, comes by hearing. It's specifically referring to that which is heard. With the ears, your ear hears what I'm preaching today. It goes into your brain, and it goes into a spin cycle mode like a washing machine. And you add all these things, it says, but what if? When the preacher preaches the Word of God, it's not the preacher that makes the difference. It's the Word. Something happened to me at camp meeting the other night when Brother Dross commended. He didn't ask, Sister Lady, he didn't ask her to run. He commanded her to run. And her obedience to the Word of God brought her healing to her body. Did she want to be healed? The resounding answer was yes. Do you? So let me run through some scriptures. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, timing, it's timing. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, it didn't happen the day before. It happened that day. They were all upon a card in one place. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. You know the scripture. Appeared on them tongues with cloven tongues like fire. And they were all, all of them. You want the Holy Ghost? All of them. Yes. You want to be endued with power from on high? Yes. Do you want something life-changing? Yes. Do you want something to help you sleep at night? Yes. I'll give up sleeping pills. Do you want something to empower you from your get off of being so intoxicated all the time? Yes. Later on in Acts chapter 2, the preacher preached. When they heard this, they were pricked in their heart, and they asked the question. Men and brethren, what shall we do? Get this guilt off of me, man. Get this condemnation off of me. 
Peter said, receive the Holy Ghost. And they said, okay. And it happened. And 3,000 of them said yes. Willing to give up all the excuses, all the pride, all the fear, all the discouragement, all the doubt, all the unbelief, all the junk that existed in the lives of 3,000 people. All of them said yes. I'll give it up to have the Holy Ghost. So the promise, Peter said, is unto you and to your children and all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. How about healing? The psalmist said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives your iniquities and heals all your diseases. Malachi said, But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings. Jesus said in Mark 16, These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They'll take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick. And they'll recover. But you've got to say yes to the miracle. James said, Is there any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him. Anoint him with oil in the prayer of faith. We'll save the sick. But you got to want to be healed. God don't force it on you. He don't make you get healed. You have to want it. Provision. The Bible said, Paul said in Philippians, but my God shall supply all of your needs according to his abundant riches. Jesus said, consider the lilies, how they grow. They toil not. They spend not. Yet I say unto you that Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Even then God so clothed you the grass, or so clothed the grass which is today in the field and tomorrow cast into the oven. How much more will he clothe you? And seek not ye what you shall not eat and what you shall drink, neither be ye doubtful of doubtful mind. For all these things do the nations of the world seek after. But your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Hebrews chapter 4, the writer said, But come boldly unto the throne of grace. Would you stand with me this morning? So, if God would ask you the question, Would you like a refilling of the Holy Ghost? I keep going there this morning. There's folks here today that need a refilling not being judgmental, but your life isn't where it could be, and you know that. A refilling of the Holy Ghost would just be amazing. Some here today need the Holy Ghost for the first time. There's people here today that need emotional healing, spiritual healing, physical healing. If God walked up and whispered in your ear right now, do you want me to heal you? Do you want to be filled with the Holy Ghost? What's your answer? What's your answer? Timing is everything. Timing is everything. So I declare by the authority of the Word of God that you've heard the Word of God go forth today. It's gone forth true. It's gone forth undiluted. It's not been compromised. I believe in the power of God. It's happened to me. It's it's, it's happened through me on occasions. 
I remember about a month ago when Brother Nixon was in his wheelchair right there in the center aisle, and we prayed for him, and he jumped straight up out of that wheelchair, walked down here and walked out the door. I've not seen him in that wheelchair since. I haven't seen it. I remember a lady that attended church here that was facing knee replacement surgery, and you could take her kneecap and slide it four or five inches up the top of her leg. It wasn't attached to anything, and the pain was excruciating. Sister Murphy laid hands on her leg, and God healed her instantly. Her home therapist came the following day and said, You don't need me here anymore. Your kneecap is attached. It don't move around nowhere. I remember the lady that was having cataract surgery the next day came and said, after Wednesday night Bible study, I need to be prayed for. We prayed for her. She opened her eyes and screamed, I can see. Her surgery was canceled. But you got to want that kind of stuff. And you have to want it for the, kind of re- the, the right reason. Jesus said, would you be made whole today? What is your answer to that question? So while they sing softly, I want to open up the front of this building, buddy. I believe there's a miracle in the waiting here today. We've heard the Word of God. Go ahead, Sister Landry. Go ahead, go ahead. The waters are being troubled here today. Ministry team, help me. Y'all know what to do. God, I feel the Holy Ghost here this morning. Jesus. Jesus is in the house right now. And he's come to ask somebody a question. In the name of Jesus, I pray for all of these people to be made whole. For everybody to be made whole. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Somebody receive your healing. Somebody receive the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Be healed. In the name of Jesus. Somebody receive it. Somebody receive it. You'll walk out of here a different person. In the name of Jesus. He'll forgive your sin. He'll forgive your sin. He can heal your body. He can heal your mind. For with God all things are possible.
Hallelujah to God. Hallelujah to God. Hallelujah to God. Faith is rumbling in this building right now. I know in my spirit, somebody's going to walk out of here with a miracle. You're going to walk out of here the recipient of a miracle. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, folks. Break through the barriers. Break through the mindset. Break through the attitude. Jesus is asking you a question. Do you want to be made whole? Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Come on, folks. The Spirit of the Lord's moving. The Spirit of the Lord is moving. 
The Spirit of the Lord is moving. Somebody let Him have His way in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe God touched somebody here today. God ministered to somebody here today. You're not going to walk out of here like you came in here today. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Could y'all praise the Lord one more time? Could you praise the Lord one more time? Everybody, would you praise the Lord one more time? Hallelujah, let's give up some praise to Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah,
Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Let's praise him. Everybody in the house, let's praise him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.